Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach Cafe Radio, the self-empowerment place to meet where you get your weekly cup of inspiration on Blog Talk Radio. And today is Monday, February 12th. And here in the Coach Cafe, I offer you enlightened conversations about what matters most. I offer interviews with top self-empowerment coaches, experts, and authors. I share with you proven and effective life coaching tools, techniques, and processes to help you to live your best life, and I am definitely spreading the word that life coaching changes lives. I am your host, Certified Master Life Coach Kathleen Martin, also known as your Balanced Life Coach, coming to you live from the beautiful Hamptons, New York, as I do each week, and I invite you to join in on my enlightened conversation by calling 646-649-1015. That's 646 646- Six four nine one zero one five, and you do have to press the number one so that I see that you're waiting with your question or comment in the um, uh, in the queue here. And also, if you are on your computer, you'll see that the chat room is open, and you can post anything in there as well. And I want to send out a very big thank you to all of my followers. And if you do like what you hear, I would love it if you would follow me here on Blog Talk Radio, right there on the homepage under the banner, and of course on social media which is Coach Cafe Radio on both Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, you can visit CoachCafeRadio.com. Leave your contact information. You'll get your self-empowerment gift, and I will tell you what's coming up next in the Coach Cafe. And today the name of my show is Love After Loss with adversity expert Carol Brody Fleet. And I am thrilled that Carol uh, shares her wisdom in the Coach Cafe so often Every year she joins me during the holidays and these special times where, you know, these kind of conversations really do need to be shared because, you know, the focus is elsewhere. And February is, you know, we call it the love month with so much attention on Valentine's Day and uh, all of that. But what if you have experienced a loss, right? And maybe it's been, it's not exactly the easiest time for you this day that everyone is focusing on and and a partner may no longer be with you through certain circumstances and it's very painful or maybe it's you would you want to love again but you you know you're having a struggle with that within your heart so uh, Carol Brody Fleet is going to share with you some of her wisdom and dispel some of the beliefs that's holding you back and let me tell you about Carol Brody Fleet. This is a portion of her bio because I'm telling you, when you go to her website, the bio is about your arm's length. So this is a shortened version of Carol's bio, and she is the multi-award-winning author of the number one ranked new release in its genre, When Bad Things Happen to Good Women. She is also the author of Happily Even After, which is the winner of the prestigious Books for a Better Life Award, as well as the critically praised national bestseller, Widows Wear Stilettos. And she is a veteran of over 
1,000 radio show appearances and makes numerous guest appearances on television radio programs in the United States and Canada and is a, a featured guest expert in the uh, in national and international print and web media. She's widely recognized as a leader and grief expert in grief recovery and loss recovery and is also a contributor to the iconic Chicken Soup for the Soul book series and top contributor to the Huffington Post and thirdage.com. And you can look forward to the release of her new book coming out, which is Loss is a Four-Letter Word. You can also find out all about Carol and her amazing uh, contribution to the world at carolfleetspeaker.com and widowswearstilettos.com. So welcome again, Carol. Thank you, Kathleen. It's great to be back with you. It always is, Carolyn. You have so much to share. And, yeah, we were talking before the show about, you know, this particular time here coming up on Valentine's Day, all about love. And, uh, wow, it's all over the place, and, you know, everywhere, everywhere. And uh, But, you know, nobody talks about if you've had a loss and, and uh, in some way, shape, or form of a, of a partner, perhaps, and also uh, what it means to want to love again after a loss. So uh, share, share with us some of your experience with that. Well, let's talk for a second about Valentine's Day because we're staring right at it. Uh, currently, mm-hmm. and when we and when we talk about loss, listeners, um, yes, I do. You know, come from the bereaved community. That's who I serve. But for for our purposes today, I think loss also includes divorce. I think it includes mm-hmm. breakup. I think it yes. includes. You know, it, I think it includes all of it. And when they're when we are being barraged with Valentine's Day on TV, on the you can't walk into Home Depot with see out seeing red hearts hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> the power so saw is your idea of Valentine's Day, okay? But we are really getting barraged <laughs> with it. I love the day, but I also remember what it was like uh, after yes. my late husband had passed away, and I also remember what it was like when I wasn't in a relationship and there wasn't that someone special. And you're getting all of you're getting just pep- with Valentine's Day, and, and what do you do with that? And and there are wonderful ways to, uh, first of all, there are wonderful ways to enjoy Valentine's Day without being coupled off. There really are, because mm-hmm. I've done that for a lot of years. But to your point about love after loss, again, any kind of loss, I think the most important thing to realize, especially to those of you who have experienced spousal loss, spousal death, I'm talking about here, is your entitlement to love again if you choose it. Now, if you choose mm-hmm. to be on your own and you've made that conscious choice and you're happy and content, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm very quick to, to say that because a mm-hmm. lot of people mm-hmm. take umbrage at what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. They say, well, you know, you're making it sound like I'm not complete if I'm not in a relationship. That's absolutely mm-hmm. not true. Um, adding a, per, a person in your life is supposed to be a complement to your life, not a completion of your life. You can right. absolutely Perfect. be on your own if it's your choice. But if you are being influenced by people who don't feel that you should be in love again, if they, they feel that it is uh, a dishonor to uh, a past life, whether that past life was with a late spouse or an ex-spouse or you had a breakup, that's not okay. You have to understand that if you are walking this earth, you are entitled 
to a life filled with anything you want to fill it up with. And if that includes giving love to another person and receiving love in return, then dang it, you are entitled to that, and you need to embrace and accept that entitlement. That's the first thing that has to happen. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I, it, when I started to think about the show and, and what, what we can share here, and I realized how um, blind I was to this particular experience with, with these different aspects of, you know, this um, celebrations that we have, right? And right. Uh, generally speaking, there you would prefer that they'd be. I'm just saying that you know it's, it's it's a lovely thing when you're sharing it with a partner, and remembering the times that I didn't have a partner. I have a, a, a wonderful partner now, and and as I started to notice, and I really mean it. I mean, tonight I went to the supermarket, Carol, and it was like over the top with I know. all of the balloons and the flowers and the. And everything is right in your face. And I never thought about the people who are walking through those doors. And it feels like pain. And um, it not feels that you can't like, control that. It feels like being the cruise director on Noah's Ark. It feels like everybody <laughs> yeah. is coupled off. It feels like you are mm. the only person on their own in the world. And mm-hmm. and it's a and it's a tough it's a tough feeling and that's mm-hmm. why when when that when I was going through that experience after my late husband had passed away, I thought, okay, there are other ways to observe this holiday and enjoy this holiday without the presence of romantic love. Right. And that's when right. I started to to engage in these different uh, in different things and and actually had a, a very nice time doing so. I, I do not mind saying that. Now, I, for listeners who are unaware, I did remarry in 2009 to a great guy, and I absolutely enjoy uh, Valentine's with him. But I never forget uh, being on my own uh, this mm-hmm. time of year, and you know, any holiday or any special occasion, large or small, and finding other ways to feel part of the holiday without necessarily being in love with somebody romantically. There's so many other ways to to make Valentine's Day special that don't involve romantic love, and, but the problem is that's all we're getting bombarded with is romantic right. love. That's all, right. that's all we're hearing about. And mm-hmm. so we don't hear about the alternatives. So, um, and, and then when you bring up the point about loving after loss, um, I, I absolutely relish bringing the message to the world that yes there is love after loss yes there is life after loss and love can be a part of it just make the choice and understand that you're entitled to it and then we'll help you from there Mm -hmm. that's the first big step very good point that's a good step yeah i i agree i feel as though uh, and as i'm reading one of your wonderful blogs too it made me really think about this that there are people who are struggling with kind of, um, you know, uh, intruding belief systems maybe, you know, that um, love after loss means that, you know, perhaps you have a belief in there that you're not honoring the person that you, um, you're not, you're not, uh, you're you're almost like, it's almost as if you've forgotten that person, whereas that's not even possible. And um, you, you are... uh, 
maybe even judging yourself pretty harshly for feeling at that point at this point hmm you know i would i i think i would love to think about this now and I'll, and open myself up to it and and then well, those, and here's those the, not so and here's the problem okay good and you i i, I want to jump in because you you really hit the nail on the head without knowing it um okay we're all surrounded by outside influences we're all surrounded by yeah. people and people especially people who don't know what they're talking about um, we, sometimes we allow sometimes well sometimes we allow them to have undue influence, and what happens is we, without even knowing it, we fall into what I call the either or syndrome. Either I'm going to wear black for the rest of my life, and not as a fashion statement. I'm going to wear black for the rest yeah. of my life, and I'm going to mourn the life that I've lost, even though I'm never going to get it mm-hmm. back, and all the mourning in the world isn't going to change that. But if I move forward from that place, I'm dishonoring it. I'm turning my back Mm -hmm. on that life. So that's either. Or I move forward into a life filled with love, and I can't have both. I can't can't have love and respect and honor for that past life and embrace and welcome new love and a new life that you've been handed, whether you asked for it or not. And most of us didn't. You know, nobody ever gets up reciting wedding vows and they say till death do us part and nobody ever thinks that those words are going to be a reality until they are that's true mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You, but we have to get rid of the either or syndrome and understand that you bring that past life with you into the new life you've been handed that the new life can and should include love if you choose it and you are not turning your back on your your late spouse, your former life, your, even even if you're divorced and it was acrimonious, and let's face it, most of them are. At mm. some point, that life was was good. At some point, you I mean, you got married for a reason, and you might want to take that aspect with you. You certainly want to take the experience, so because we want to learn from our history. You want to take that with you into a new life. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And anybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't care who they are, relative, work colleague, friend, anybody who has an expectation of you sitting alone in the dark, wearing black, mourning a loss, mourning a person that you cannot have back, and that's how you're supposed to be, that's not a person that needs to be in your circle of influence. They might be in your life, but you cannot permit them to be in your circle of influence. You know, look carefully at who you are allowing to couch and inform your journey, your life journey, mm-hmm. your healing journey, wh- wherever you are. Who's informing it? Who are you allowing to influence your decisions? Because we're all, we, we are influenced, knowingly or not, by outside influences. And who is you in your core of influence? And look carefully at that person. And then ask yourself, are they living my life in my shoes, mm-hmm. in my house? The answer is probably going to be No. And then you make the very conscious decision that I'm going to do what is best for me. And as long as I am not coping in a destructive manner, as long as I'm fulfilling my responsibilities and I'm not hurting myself or anyone else, I'm going to do me. I am going to do what I wish, how I see fit, and when I see fit. And that's where we bring love back into the equation. Do you truly understand, listeners, that you are entitled to love and be loved in return. Do you get that? Do you get that just because a relationship ended, no matter how it ended, 
that that didn't mean you ended with it? Do you understand right, that? Right, right. You get that. Right. Your life didn't end when the relationship ended. Your life didn't end if you lost a spouse to death. Your life didn't end. Right. That The life that you shared with that spouse has sadly come, that chapter has come to a close, but the love didn't. The love doesn't end. Mm-hmm. The love doesn't mm-hmm. die. Why can't you take that with you and bring it to new experiences, new relationships, new surroundings, and new love, if that's what you're going with, that's what you want to choose. Right, exactly. It's it's really something to uh, help enhance because you know this is this is what we do experience in life, and and when you would learn from that extraordinary experience and and you expand from it. And how about um, you know, on that topic too. Carol, where I, I put it under that, you know, self-care and self-love, so very important, first and foremost. How about a couple of your wonderful examples of how you can practice that if you have gone through a loss at a, you know, I loved what you shared, uh, directing people back to the show that we did um, during the holidays, being going through loss during the very difficult that is, and the, the wonderful things you can do to take very good care of you to make you feel special in your life, right? So, right. Um, you know, like we were saying, you know, everywhere you look, it's all about candy and jewelries and flowers and balloons everywhere, you know. But they're, you know, wonderful things. How about going and getting a massage or, you know, one uh, of my favorites, girlfriends exactly. over. Exactly, um, and that's uh, some of the wonderful things over the years that I was, did on Valentine's Day. I realized that, um, you know, the holidays especially, we spend all of our money on everybody else, and that's great, mm. but when was the last time you took you took just a little bit? I'm not saying go out and, you know, spend your, your rent money, but um, when was the last time you treated yourself? How about when was the last time you took an actual bubble bath? Instead of 10 minutes in the shower, you know, or after the gym before you dashed off to work or to run the kids, you know, put yourself a glass of your favorite beverage, light an aromatherapy candle. I love apple cinnamon and pumpkin. Those are my favorites. Add some bubble Mm. bath and jump in. No interruptions. No interruptions. You just, you you jump in. Put on whatever music, uh, you know, feeds your soul in a bubble bath. You know, that's, that's what, 20 minutes? I mean, come on, and, yes. and that that yes. that that doesn't even that does not take money. Um, how about enjoying a meal that doesn't involve a microwave oven or a drive-through window? How about that for a challenge? <laughs> yes, exactly. Prepare. You know, one year um, I was I was on my own for Valentine's. Um, my my daughter was elsewhere, and I had uh, two broken toes. So I was really oh really. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I was I was such a a pitiful picture. So even with this, you know, big old ugly boot on my on my foot, it was not a cute boot. It was ugly. Um, I made a wonderful <laughs> dinner with my favorite foods. I made myself, you know, steak and a little bubbly and a wonderful dessert, which involved strawberries because why wouldn't it? And and that's yes, what right. I did for myself. And I just, you know, and I felt that because I took time to make my favorite meal with my favorite foods. Um, I felt special. I felt better. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you pull out yeah. all of the stops for yourself. Yeah. Especially women, we tend not to do that. I know. Um, oh my gosh. You know, and there's no there, there's no law that says 
that, um, and I know a lot of women cringe when I mention this, but stay with me. There's no law that says that you can't get dressed up and take yourself out for a Valentine's lunch or Valentine's dinner. If you really want to get out of your house, then get out. Pick one of your favorite restaurants and go. Go, you know, enjoy yourself. Let other people wait on you. You know, that's one of the, <laughs> that's one of my favorite gifts. I always tell my family, I love going to a place where someone asks me what I want, they bring it to me, right. and then they clean up afterwards. I love that. That is my, yes, yes, <laughs> and yes, yes. Favorite thing. So, and you know, even even on, if you do it on Valentine's. You know, if you don't want, if you feel too conspicuous going out in the evening, go out for lunch. You might be in the company of couples, but who cares? And you know what? Restaurants pay extra special attention to you when you dine on your own. That's true. Um, yeah, that's so, true. So, so, I, so yeah, I have done that. Um, I have had friends over and had like one one year I did a potluck dinner, another year I did decadent dessert. And Ooh, you know, I you like get, you, it. Yeah. You, yeah, decadent dessert, I think, is a little bit more of a favorite <laughs> uh, in past experience. <laughs> um, you know, decorate your house and your tables. Yeah. I included uh, champagne with a splash of raspberry liqueur, Chambord. Um, Shirley Ooh. Temples uh, for the, oh, uh, the non-drink. Yeah. Um, I had, uh, like, large glass brandy snifters. You can get those at, like, 99-cent store or Dollar Tree, just yeah, large, yeah, innocent yeah. brandy snifters. And fill them up with red licorice whips or chocolate kisses or candy message hearts. And then at the end of the night, I sent everyone home with, like, one year I did a heart-shaped keychain. One year I did, like, a small heart-shaped picture frame. Again, these are really, really inexpensive Oh, uh, I love these ideas. And you, and you throw in some great music, and, you know, you got your friends around you. And don't, if you want to tell me, oh, yeah, but all my friends are coupled off, okay, I get that. Have yep. them over on February 16th, have them over yeah. on, you know, February yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You know, when um, right. when Mike was still with us, he, as you know, was a police officer, which is code for never at home on the holidays. So oh, boy, we yeah. were always celebrating Valentine's Day on February 9th or April 2nd or, you know, whenever, <laughs> yeah. whenever we could manage. You know, it doesn't have to be on the mm-hmm. day. You can still do these things. And then, you know, I also like to emphasize, very quickly, that love also includes mm-hmm. love for your fellow man. It's not ro- just romantic love or even love for our family. Right. And right. I have always, I, I always have maintained that we feel better when we're on service, when we're in service to others. All of the homeless shelters and soup kitchens have tons of volunteers through Thanksgiving and Christmas. But what about right now? Everybody tends to mm-hmm. disappear. Why not take a platter yeah, a or point. two of you know Valentine's cookies to a shelter? Um, or, you know, visit a hospital. You know, I just saw on the news, this is a wonderful thing. One of the major medical centers in Los Angeles is Cedars-Sinai. It's like a small city. It's huge. Yes, yes. And um, a wonderful couple uh, put together, I think, over 1,100 Valentine's cards and took them to Cedars-Sinai Medical Center and started handing them out to patients. You should have seen the looks on these patients' faces oh. to get of just a Valentine's card. I mean, yes. that and and the cards were being, you know, donated and supplied. It was not like they went out and spent an inordinate amount of money, but it's right, just right. it's little gestures that mean so much. Uh we've got troops stationed all over mm-hmm. the world. You know, uh, sending That's Valentine's right. remembrances to our troops is fantastic. Remember, Valentine's Day is about love. 
We've classified it as romantic love, but it's about love. Mm -hmm. And it should include love for our fellow man. So you can you can do that as well. I love it, Carol. Everything that you're sharing and the energy that you have behind it, I hope everyone who's listening is really taking it to heart because of the fact that, you know, I, I heard it put like this and it really changed my definition of love, which is it's more like it's the glue that holds everything together, even the cells in your body, right? So just go out and do something for someone else. It is literally... It's tightening it all up in there, you know. It's like it's feel. You're gonna feel so good, and it'll also get you out of your head. That's chit chatting to you about how, you know, uh, you know how sad it may very be. Which I I'm not taking away from any of that, but boy, and that's important too. Out of yeah, nowhere in this absolutely not taking away. Are either neither Kathleen or myself are would ever look at a, a listener and say, "Don't be sad." Mm-hmm. It's Valentine's Day. Right, sad. Right. We are the first yes. people to say, absolutely be sad. Absolutely miss the person that you are missing right now. We, yes. we, we. In, in giving advice, the uh, mm-hmm. or suggestions or insight, it's never a substitute for grief. It is to help you through the grieving process mm-hmm. because you can't circumvent it. You can't try and go around no. it or, or avoid it altogether. That's not healthy. Where no one is saying don't be sad. No one is saying don't be angry or any of those things that we all feel during a time of grief. That's important. What we're saying is this time of year, whatever time it is we're talking about, is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what are some really positive, uplifting forward-thinking ways that we can not just get through it. We don't just want to slog through our lives. How can we not just get through this holiday, but maybe even enjoy it? Mm-hmm. And Because mm-hmm. grief, grief and joy, grief and peace, grief and celebration can occupy the same space. Right. That, again, it's back right. to that either-or syndrome. It, right. it doesn't have to be one or the other. Just because you're enjoying time with your friends and, and playing some silly games at a Valentine's party doesn't mean you're not sad. It doesn't negate the loss at all. What it means is this is how I am going to celebrate now because I can't celebrate that other way right now. Right. So, right. so we're not saying, you know, you know, chuck your feelings. And because You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, periodically when I will, will post uh, words of encouragement or advice or insight, somebody will inevitably say, that's easy for you to say. Uh-huh. And yes. I, I get a little cranky, as you know, because <laughs> I, I'm not a yeah. nice person. It's not easy to say and it's not easy to do. And I know this mm-hmm. because I've done both. Um, I right, don't you have. Things. You know, it, you know, I don't say these things just, you know, sitting here uh, just dispensing advice. Advice, the, Everything that it comes from a place of personal experience. And it also comes from a place of personal error. I like to share mm-hmm. the errors that I've made because I don't want right. other people coming behind me to make the same mistakes. And if I can alleviate, right. you, know, if I, you know, preventative pain... I'm going to do that. So, no, it's not easy to say, and we're not just coming up with a bunch of glib suggestions. Everything that we're talking about, I've done. I, one year, I took myself to a department store cosmetics counter, which is so yes. much fun because they will put stuff on your face you would 
never dream of doing. And <laughs> you, you might discover a great new look, or you might find out personally that blue eyeshadow and red lipstick are not a great idea. You know, it, right. but it's fun, and it's generally it's free unless you you buy the stuff they're putting on you. It's free, and you're paying attention to you. What's so awful right. about that? Right. You know, That's what is right. so terrible about that? We as women have really gotten away from that. And when we do deign to pay attention to ourselves, we feel guilty for it. We, because right. we're not doing the laundry or washing the dishes or spending our money on someone else. Or, you know, maybe someone has told you, well, if you think you have it bad, this person over there has it so much worse. And they trivialize what you're, what you're feeling. Right, um, right. You know, we, we really have to embrace and own the fact that we deserve attention too. We do deserve self-care. We do deserve things like a decent night's sleep, a good meal, uh, the company of people that will lift us and support us. And, um, you know, I mean, Kathleen knows because she is a friend off the air uh, now as well as on, which is one of the biggest blessings of my job is all the wonderful new people that have come into my life. And Kathleen's one of oh, them. Oh, thank you, Kathleen. And oh, um, I love when, that. We last, when, we, when we last gathered, you're welcome. When we last gathered, <laughs> our family had just been through a series of losses yes. in a very short right. period of time. Well, since that time, our families experienced another uh, catastrophic situation that we are all coming to terms with, and mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. drawing close. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you do get the inevitable person who says, "Well, you know, it could have been so much worse because," and then you hear someone else's tale of woe. And, right. You know, we, we strive not to feel trivialized. What we do is we surround ourselves with the people that uplift us. Um, for example, my wonderful, wonderful friend of, dare I say it, 50 years, that was five zero, not 15, 50 years, who, when this catastrophic <laughs> wow. thing yeah. happened, she oh. literally sat up with me all night long because so somebody had to be by the phone at all times, and she sat up with me all night long, just talking, you know, memories, silly well, stuff, husband, you know, but she st- sat up with me until 6 in the morning. I mean, it's, it's people right. like that that you right. want to surround yourself with, people who are going to lift you up and support you. And if you do say, hey, you know what? I want to try dating again. And they are going to jump on your bandwagon and say, okay, how are we going to do this? And what's that going to look yeah, like? And, yeah. oh, what are you going to wear? And right. Stuff like that. That's, and, and we come back to that circle of influence. That who need, that's yes, who needs absolutely. to form your life. That's who needs to, you know, listen, if you're not listening to Kathleen every week, why? Why aren't you doing that? She's lifting you up. That's right. She's getting you through. Exactly. You, know, you need to be listening to her all the time, every day. Um, but if you go on the air, you need to go on the air every day, Kathleen. There, I just put you on the spot, didn't I? Because it's people like Kathleen who want to make your life better. And during the tough times, sometimes all people can do is make your life bearable. But bearable is okay. Until you, as you proceed through whatever it is you're going through, someone who just says, I'm here, and we're going to get through this together, and I'm not sure how, and I'm not sure what it's going to look like, but we're going to figure it out. And right, automatically Carol. the road becomes easier. Yes, yes. 
we're in it together, and that's why I love that you joined me and everyone who has joined me in the Coach Cafe. It's all about how you can live your best life, and I know that there's going to be pain in there. But there's help everywhere for you, and this is a community. And I, you, you know, before we also, Carol, everything you shared was just, you know, it really is. It's all so, so very important to really, truly listen to. Take it seriously because, you know, this life is very important. You're very important. And there are things that are going to happen that's called adversity. But we're in it together. We can help each other. And uh, reach out and ask for the help. Ask for the help. You know, as women, like you were saying, Carol, we are notorious for thinking somehow or other we can do it all ourselves. And that's right. That isn't true. <laughs> <laughs> not true. That's right. So just ask and when you and when you combine that, you. well, yeah, when you combine that with a societal expectation that uh-huh. women wear all the hats, you know, mm-hmm. uh, women are women are still in in 2018. Women are still expect to, you know, chiefly run the household and the kids and the whole thing. You it's know, nobody true. ever gets yep. upset when a man goes to work and says, "Hey, we're expecting a, a baby." Nobody's well. You know uh-huh. how it's going to affect your work, and how long you're going to be gone. That's true. You know it's right. It's always it's it's it falls out. It's falls to the mom. So when society expects expects it of us, and then we expect it of us, we can't start getting angry because all of a sudden we wake up and go, Hey, what? Where did I go? What happened? Where, mm-hmm. I, I was here a minute ago, and um, we we have to take it upon ourselves. Like I said, even if it's 20 minutes in a bubble bath, or um, I know, I, uh, right? I've, I've experienced, um, uh, I've, I started guided meditation about four months ago, yes. and it has helped me tremendously as far as getting a good night's sleep. You know, um, I, I marvel at people who can walk into a bedroom, turn off the light, lay down, and be asleep in five minutes. Yes, I'm me not too. that person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm because yeah, me I either. start going through the. <laughs> You start making lists in your mind. I start making lists in my mind. And that's interrupting your sleep. But since uh, I began the guided meditations, I'm falling asleep faster and I'm sleeping better. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's Mm -hmm. little things like that. Um, It it doesn't, and because I'm, you know, going to sleep, there's no time or money involved. And it's helped me. It's helped my health. And ladies, if we're not taking care of our health, how how are we going to be good to anybody else if we're not good to ourselves first? You know, that, that, Carol, that's I don't know how you think you can. You, well, you can't. And again, this, this is no, what you I just learned can't. the hard way. Um, when my late husband was battling ALS, um, I, I, I thought that accepting help meant that I was a failure. And I'm being brutally right. honest here. Right. I thought that getting any kind of caregiving help in the house or, uh, you know, help with housework – I felt that I should be able to do it all. And if I didn't, I was a failure as a wife, as a mother, as a breadwinner. I felt that I was a loser. It wasn't until I wound up in bed with shingles, with shingles mm-hmm. at the age yep. of 39. And it was my nice. mother who said, yeah. one of us is going to get help into this house. And I'm afraid uh-huh. of my mother. So I got help into the house, <laughs> and and I was able to get I could string a few hours of sleep together without interruption. And I was able once every couple of weeks to get out for a couple of hours just to have a meal with a friend. 
um, right. I was able to, to go to work uh, more, which helped us, of course, financially. So as soon as I you know, was forced to take care of my health, I became a better caregiver. I became a better wife. I became a better mother, and I certainly became more effective at work. So it's, it is about self-care before you even start thinking about love. It's a, it is about taking care of yourself and, and having yes. nothing to offer, and you don't have anything to offer if you're not healthy. You, you've, got, you, you've got to get right with your, with your physical health and your mental health and your emotional health. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, it's remarkable to me uh as you know, as I go forward here Carol and I finally noticed it myself and admitted how uh those beliefs were uh definitely the ones that I had to dispel because that's what will happen. You'll suddenly you're going to get kicked in the butt and you're going to it's going to wake you up in a way that what I'm trying to do here in the Coach Cafe is prevent you from having to go through that. So, you know, you can consider uh, Carol and me, your girlfriends, sitting here telling you the real deal so that you stop doing these things and take very care of you. Uh, and I can't emphasize that enough because, you know, look out there and and even notice the people around you that are uh, not taking very good care of themselves, and what happens next? You know, it's it's the natural course here. So, uh, we've shared a lot, and I and please listen back to this show more than once and take it seriously. And if there's anyone in your life, and I'm sure there is, who is experiencing uh, a loss and some type of adversity, and at this time, around this time, where there's a lot of talk of love to really listen in here because it is about self-love first, self-love first. And since we're coming to the to the end pretty quick, Carol, I want you to just uh, very quickly talk about your new book that's coming out, Loss is a Four-Letter Word. Oh, I'm super excited about it. It's going to release in September of this year. And what it is, it's a, I call it a bereavement boot camp. It, it combines... Wow. Um, yeah, it is. It is a okay. Let's get serious about getting better and moving forward. And because uh, people who've experienced loss have enough people going, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, I'm sorry too. Yes. But I want to get you through it. And the way we're going to do yes. that is with action, with actionable steps, assignments, journaling, things that you can do right now today to take yourself to the next step. And it's baby steps. It's not anything big or enormous, but there's assignments at the end of each chapter. There's also a lot of the uh, most popular inspirations and motivational verses and messages that I've written over the years are also contained because people were asking for those in a book, so there they are. I'm also excited for the first time I'm addressing, I'm, well, I'm addressing two things in the book I've never done before, and I'm excited about both. One is I've never written about spirituality as it pertains to grief, and so there is a chapter in there called, Okay, God, Now What? And I'm very oh, excited to how to, it's not preaching and it's not proselytizing, but it's how to integrate your spirituality on your terms with your grief. And the other thing is we talk about destructive coping. We've talked about it a lot on, on your show, Kathleen, but I've never really dissected what does it mean? What are the different methods of destructive coping? Because some of them would surprise yes. you. We, everybody thinks drugs and alcohol. Well, that's two. Right. But 
there are tons, unfortunately, of destructive ways to cope. Right. And what what the the hallmarks of it is, what the warning signs are, and right. resources, including websites and phone numbers of places where you can get help for yourself or for <gasps> someone you know who is dealing destructively <laughs> with adversity in their lives. So that's two particular chapters that I'm very excited about. But yeah, it's a boot camp, and there's there's compassion and there's encouragement. But there's also some tough love because that that's that's how we got to roll. That's how we've got to get through this. And I'm that's very, right. very excited to bring the book to, to market and to the community. Wonderful, Carol. This is fantastic. I love it. Everyone needs this book. We don't know how to handle it. We need somebody to help us through this. And I can see an army of people, I swear, Carol. Like you should actually train people to go out. As an army, right? <laughs> because everybody is going through. I, I can see it uh, with exactly. that book in their hand and, and and running workshops, right? Because people need it. We have not a clue. It was one of the things that hit me upside my head because you know it's simply left out, right? It's just left out of our um, like the information that's very very important. Like you know, I don't know, like. Uh, all of the things in your life that you were taught that were deemed very important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how to yeah. walk, how to talk, how to dress yourself, how to feed yourself, you know, how to um, choose hopefully with with some kind of um, intelligence people who are going to be in your life and, and the, the choices that you were going to make. But nobody helped me to understand loss. And it was it's when the one that happens that is like – you never thought it was going to happen, like you were That's saying, right. Carol. And I didn't well, remember, have any I've, skill set there, you know. We're, we're, we're a loss-denying society. We don't like to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. It's icky. Right. If we talk about it, it's mm-hmm. going to happen to us. Of course, if we right. don't talk about yep. it, it's still going to happen to us. But also, right. there's another mistake I made as a parent, is our, our, our instinct as parents in raising children is to shield our children from pain. Yes. That's our instinct. Right. That's what we're supposed to do. Well, loss is painful. And I know yes. one of the big mistakes that I made right after Mike had been diagnosed was trying to shield my daughter. Well, without I'm realizing sure. it, yeah. I was actually creating anxiety. And she never yes. knows what's true and what's not. And she ne- and it was when I realized I need to, in an age-appropriate way, make her part of this dynamic and help her understand right. that daddy's sick. It's not going to end the way we want it to because you don't get better, unfortunately, from ALS. And then, and then she started to relax into the dynamic that was going on in the house. So yes. that's part yes. of the reason why we're ill-equipped is nobody wants to talk about it, and the parents are, we, we want to shield our, our kids from anything painful. So it's a double-edged sword there, and you're absolutely right. It we sure don't have is. a skill set. We don't have a skill that's set, right. but, you know, then it, that's even more important. That's even a bigger reason to reach out for the help. If you don't have the skills, that's okay. There's no shame in that. But reach, reach out for the help. Um, yes. Actually, I, I know we're coming to the end, but there's three ways you can reach, and this is important. Good. You can reach down, you can reach out, and you can reach up. Reaching down is something you never want to do. Those are your energy drainers. Those are the people that say the insensitive things. You don't want to uh-huh. reach down. Because if you reach down, what happens? You get pulled down. Reaching out is great. Reach out to people who have experienced your experience. Widows, reach out to other widows. I can introduce you to one or two or thousands. 
Um, if you've gone through a divorce, reach out to others who have been through a divorce. There are other people, no matter your lost situation, there are people that can help that can help you. Just as a community, reach out to your peers. Reaching up is one of is one of the things you want to do first. You reach up to whatever expert or doctor or therapist or radio show host or author or whomever is in a position to pull you up and pull you through. Do you see the difference between reaching down, out, Absolutely. up now? Where, yes. where is your reach going to be? You want to reach up for the expert help and input and guidance. You want to reach out to surround yourself with the community that you need that, who will support you and applaud you when you cross those, those victorious finish lines. And the reach down, you never want to do. That's the takeaway exactly. for today. That was perfect way to end the show. Wow, that was really powerful, Carol. Well, once again, thank you so much, Carol. That was a really powerful show and um, so much, so much offered. So, again, listen back more than once. Share it with all your friends and family and loved ones that could definitely uh, learn from what we discussed tonight. And, Carol, one more time how everybody can find you and your books and everything you have to offer. Well, start at Facebook at Carol Brody Fleet, a verified account, and you also can check in at WWS Peer-Led Support Group on Facebook. It's a closed group for widows. Um, also, widowsworthstilettos.com, carolfleetspeaker.com. I think that's it. <laughs> I, 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 I think that's it. And, you know, just put in a Google search. I, I came up with wonderful uh, blogs that Carol has written for the Huffington Post and Third Age and all of the resources that you have. And be on the lookout for her new book, Loss is a Four-Letter Word. So thanks again, Carol. It's been wonderful. And I truly, you, truly Kathleen. appreciate you. Until Thank next you. Time. I appreciate you. And, and I'll see you back next month. Yes, absolutely. Okay, Carol. Have a wonderful night. And you too. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, well, that was uh, Carol Brody Fleet with Love After Loss. And again, please, please, please listen back to the show. Reach out to all of her resources and share everything that you have learned tonight on tonight's show. And thanks, everyone, for listening, and I'll see you next time in the Coach Cafe.